Hey everyone, it's Nathan, this month's host of The Commentarians. And I'm Naomi Strain. And we're here to talk over your movie. Uh, hi everyone, welcome to The Commentarians. Is this Prairie Home Companion? Husband Bulge is now a part of my permanent vocabulary. <laughs> I saw a squirrel. I am going to point out real quick, this to me is like the most disturbing scene in the entire movie. Stop listening right now and go watch Firefly. Hey, this is my podcast. I'm sorry, sorry, Joe. <laughs> we are saying that not only have we been wounded, we survive, and there's a God who heals of these wounds. Jesus isn't about the isms. Uh, he's about his kingdom. Because it is kind of like this idea that Jesus died for all of our sins, except when you had sex. And Jesus doesn't cover that. That's right, everyone. Um, as you may have heard earlier in the month on uh, Coming Attractions, we are doing the amazing film, the one and unfortunately only follow-up to the first season, or to the first season, first and unfortunately only season of Firefly. We're doing Serenity. So I'm here with Naomi Strain, as you just heard, and we're going to talk over that. But first, Naomi, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself and, uh, and the projects you're involved in? Sure. Um, I'm a divorced single mom who um, really enjoys pretty much everything from the nerd and geek variety. Um, Doctor Who, Star Trek, anything Joss Whedon. Um, I'm in love, right? Uh, Battlestar Galactica. Um, I am currently involved in planting a church and starting and planting a church. I'm on the board. Um, we're a, a church that serves the nerd and geek community here in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Um, so I'm a little bit far away from probably most of the listeners, but I love you. Well, hey, you know, tell your friends and then, then they'll be listeners too. Mm. So. Oh, trust me. <laughs> so what, what size of city is that there? I, um, I, have, I know nothing about Canadian geography. <laughs> we're, we're, we're pretty decent size. I mean, we're not... Um, I don't know. Eight, I don't. Eight hundred thousand people. I don't. This is this is not a good question. I don't know. Oh, eight, yeah, eight hundred thousand. That's that's pretty good size. Um, yeah, Ish, I'm, if I'm right. I'm in Oklahoma. <laughs> um, so you know that's a huge city to us. Uh, there is. Yeah. Uh, well, it's it's about middling here in in Canada. I mean, it's not a small town. It's not a small city, but it's nowhere near the big ones like the metropolitan sort of Toronto, Vancouver, those large large area cities where but we're we're a good size and we got a good community here lots of lots of things to see at any time of the year even when it's minus 40 outside yeah <laughs> which it currently is okay now i'm curious what kind of things if you don't mind me asking what kind of things do you do to serve the nerd and geek communities um we do a couple different things um right now we're in the middle of we just got approved for our canada revenue agency um tax charity status, mm -hmm. tax-free charity status. So um, a lot of things are on hold, but um, tonight, actually, I am missing a performance of our choir, which is called Incantatum. They are doing uh, a Harry Potter um, professional performance. Cool. Um, yeah, they've had two nights. Tonight's the second night, final night. Um, they're selling out. Like it's, it's doing really amazing. Their choir is, is fantastic. You should check them out at any time you can online. We have 
uh, a Bible study twice a month where we watch an episode of some geeky TV show, whether that be Doctor Who or Star Trek or Orville or something, uh, Firefly. Um, and then we followed up with it like a question and answer sort of Bible study type thing. It's very interactive. Um, our, our pastor, I guess you could call him Kyle, um, is a good friend of mine, Kyle Rudge. Um, he will he will prep these and he will actually really engage the community that has shown up to have these. And it's really it, it just feels good. Everybody feels heard. You know, there's there's a place for everyone and everyone is welcome. So that's um, awesome. Yeah, we have a, a church service once a week, Sunday evenings, where we meet over a meal um, and everybody brings something. It's sort of potluck style and have a little bit of a, a message. And yeah, it's really it's really nice. Cool. Well, that sounds exciting. Well, um, uh, you mentioned earlier um, when we were off mic, you said you don't have a website yet. But one of the things we do want to do is, you know, we want to support the people who, who are willing to take time out to to watch a movie with us and talk over it. Um, hmm. So once y'all guys get your website up, uh, just send that information and we'll add it to the show notes for this episode. So if anyone is interested in that, we can get, you know, get in contact with them, uh, with, with, the, with your church so that they can uh, maybe be a part of that or, or offer yeah. support. Or maybe if they want to do something similar in their community, they can uh, possibly get a hold of you for some, uh, for some information, if you don't mind that. Absolutely. I'm, I'm going to volunteer you for that on the air. I'm sorry. <laughs> I should have asked. We do have members that are from from the states as well as across Canada. So just because we're a Winnipeg church doesn't mean that we aren't welcome to plenty of anybody who who wants to join. Excellent, excellent. Mm -hmm. Well, that sounds wonderful. Well, hey, I know that everyone is excited to hear about that, but they're also excited to hear what we. Well, I hope they're excited to hear what we might have to say about Firefly. So, uh, not Firefly. I'm gonna do that all (laughs) the whole thing because. It's, it's fair. I, I love Firefly so much, um, and oh, yeah. I will probably reference. We'll probably reference the show a whole lot. So, and this actually, you know, in this, uh, I'm going to go on a tangent here, but it kind of ties in. You know, when I at the in the intro, you hear me say, "Stop what you're doing and, and go watch Firefly." Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. So that was not planned uh, when <laughs> when we did this when I said that originally, but um, got, we'll we'll be here. Timing. It does help though. Yeah, <laughs> but it does help <laughs> if you've seen Firefly. Um, but you can still definitely enjoy this movie, even if you haven't seen it. And, um, I know Emily said she liked the movie and then she went and saw Firefly and, and still Mm. loved both of them. Um, so we will, uh, I guess without any further delay, we should, uh, we should get on this because, you know, it's, it's serenity. Who doesn't want to watch that? (laughs) I'm anxious for it. Yes. All right. And for those of you who are new to the show, um, we are going to do a countdown and we're at our timers, uh, set at zero. Uh, paused here. We're going to do a countdown. Go ahead and get your DVD ready and then come back to us and we'll be ready to go if you want to watch while you listen. Um, But we are also going to have a a full conversation. So you don't have to listen or you don't have to watch if you don't want to. So, all right, here we go. Three, two, one. All right, there you go. Got the uh, universal logo coming up there, right? Yep. Just crested the planet, as they say. So, 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 oh. so you you had seen Firefly before the movie, then? I did. I actually made it. Okay, so I'm kind of I'm a slow adopter of things. I am the guy who goes to the comic book shop and buys trades instead of issues. Ah, yes. Um, because I like to get a, a lot of my stuff all together. You know, uh, it's just more convenient that way. 
Yeah, I'm a big fan of graphic novels for that reason. Yeah, and so um, when, when, when this came out, I actually had not seen Firefly because I, I didn't, I wasn't, I had a really irregular schedule, so I didn't follow any series that were on mm-hmm. the air. So by the time I saw Firefly, a friend of mine had introduced to me, introduced me to it and was like, I can't believe you haven't seen this. <laughs> I watched the first episode. I was hooked. Oh, yeah. And, and then I made sure to get all the way through before I watched the movie. Mm, okay. So you were intentional about getting all the way through before the movie. Fair enough. Yeah. And I do the same. I do the same thing with podcast. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I do, I do that as well. I listen in bulk. Um, for me, Firefly, um, I mean, I didn't see it on, like, on cable, like, it, when it was running, which for all, I mean, if for anybody who doesn't know, they played it out of order and never, didn't ever play the pilot first, so you didn't get really get involved with the characters. Uh, it, that's why it was canceled after 13 episodes, because they, Fox just did some weird, weird things <laughs> with the way that they aired it. And so um, I have a friend who I call my TV soulmate because she introduced me to Buffy. Like she, she would borrow me a season at a time. I watched all the way through. She did the same thing for Angel. And then she handed me this series called Firefly. And she's like, you have to watch this. You have to watch this. And I was just like, oh, okay. I trust you. I mean, you, you've been right in the past, but this is really weird. Yeah space western right like that's not yeah and and that's actually uh, one of the things i wanted to to bring up on this is so we start the movie and it's the this whole intro is kind of a a, some it feels like a bunch of bait and switch things it does yeah because you start out with this epic sounding narrative and then the teacher goes into like this tour guide type voice Mm -hmm. then you switch to like this like horror movie asylum type scene Mm mm-hmm and then in seconds here, of course, you know, I hope this isn't the first time you've seen it. I'm not going to spoil anything. <laughs> but, you know, in a few seconds, you're going to go into Simon being as smooth as you're ever going to see him. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is also not accurate to the TV series, by the way. I know. And then he goes, so then he goes like, uh, you have this action scene. And then you find out the action scene is just a playback. So it's like this in, in like five minutes. I actually looked. It's like five minutes from the intro. You've mm-hmm. got like four or five different feels all running together. And, mm-hmm. and I kind of wonder if, if Joss did that intentionally to kind of shake us up from what we were expecting because the, the series was so space Western that this, this, it had some of that to it, mm-hmm. but not as much as the series. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if he kind of did that to kind of jar us out of what we were expecting. Well, that's some of it. But the thing is, too, is like he's writing a movie as a, as a sequel to a, a 13 episode TV show that 85% of the people watching this movie won't have seen. Right. Right. And so he's, well, maybe 80, that's a high estimate, but he's got to give the entire backstory <laughs> for these characters. And he's only got five minutes to keep the audience interested. Oh, yeah. And he, and he did right? it. He, he did he a fantastic did. job. Yeah. So this five minutes gives you everything you need to know without boring you to tears. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But, but I just think it's kind of interesting like, how quickly it shifts to so many it different is. types of, like, you have different genre feels. Like, if it, 
And then, mm-hmm. and then you continue that even still like, and the transitions too, in the first five minutes of this are just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, just because you go from, you go from the universal logo into what is your first shot of the movie? Like mm-hmm. the, the, the logo actually transforms into the dead earth, into the dead earth. Yeah. And, and then, and then later it, when you look at when it actually shows the Serenity logo, mm-hmm. when it when it pops up with the movie title, that turns into the side of of Serenity. When that part just there, his eyes come out exactly the same place as hers. I know in the hologram. So good. That was intentional, actually. Like Joss Whedon put that in intentionally. I mean, because I've listened to the, the commentary with Joss Whedon uh, talking over it, right? Like the watch the movie with Joss Whedon's mm-hmm. commentary. And it's just really interesting the way he talks about the flow, right? So each one of these things, he's passing the story on. Like somebody is going forward with a torch. Like So River starts it in the classroom. She moves into the dream sequence, which it gets passed to Simon for a little while, passed back to River, and then on to the operative. And then right. from the operative back, you know, like it's just like, it's really fascinating to watch this with my great love of this story yeah and just see right yeah well and and it's and whenever you come to this having watched like you said 13 episodes of this of this family basically Mm -hmm. um this ragtag family that that is just kind of thrown together then you're just first off at at the beginning of this i was completely like okay now where am i and then i realized okay i'm in the backstory Mm -hmm. but you're trying to to reorient yourself and and figure out those connections and it's just intense (laughs) yeah definitely which is which is amazing like that's 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 one of the reasons i love joss whedon Mm -hmm. you can bring that intensity and then two seconds later you're laughing you right and then yeah and then you're right you're right back to feeling it in the gut right so yeah well and and he does that whole like i said where he changes the feel of everything and it just like you said it turn it turns just instantly and Again, I'm getting ahead of it, but when we see Serenity for the first time in this movie, first mm-hmm. off, Serenity looks, I think, a little, looks better than it did in the TV show. Um, well, it had a lot more money. Yeah, they had, they had a, a, a much larger budget. <laughs> um, and, but you have, she, you know, the, the ship comes in and it's, you got this great pan and it starts to hit the atmosphere and it starts to just have this really great angelic glow. Mm-hmm. And then a piece falls off of it. <laughs> and, and that's like, that is exactly the, the scene or the, the, that's the rhythm and the back and forth basically for yep. the rest of the film. Yep. No, I really, I really love the beginning portrayal here of the operative. Right. He is mm-hmm. so polished and he's re- like he's he's professional. He's not just professional. There's a he's refined. Yes. Right. And he's he's a good guy, but he just has the strength of these beliefs. You know, yeah. it just makes him nightmarish. Yeah. And it, it's actually kind of funny um, coming off of last month's episode where we had kind of the opposite of this. Mm, we mm-hmm. had, you know, we had Hannibal, who was cool, yep. cool, calculated, refined, but he was, and he was terrifying, mm-hmm. but he was, he didn't have a motivation, which made him more yes. terrifying. But yeah, this guy, 
he is he's you can tell that he is well read he's he's calculated he's intelligent he's everything is thought out and he's comforting him as he kills him mm -hmm. <laughs> right like this is a good death there's no shame in this you know <laughs> like, yeah a man who has done fine works and yet he's you know like there was there was no hesitation in him in him cutting this man down <laughs> Absolutely. It, right. It, it, and, when you, and I, I do think there is, I mean, especially if you're a person like, like I, I'm an Old Testament nerd and mm -hmm. you see stuff like kind of like this in the Old Testament. Yeah. Where you have people who are like, who are, who are killing people and it's, and, and you know, you don't always get the tone and the, the emotions that they're, they're talking about, but it is very, some of it's very methodical, very gangster-like, very government conspiracy. I mean, some of it, because, you know, it was the king doing it, but, you know, mm -hmm. um, here's, uh, but you get that kind of feel that, oh, there are people who were calculated killers in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And so we, <laughs> you know, that it, it's been around for a while, but yeah, there was mm -hmm. that shot where it turns into the logo. Yeah. Uh, and, and I got to say, I love, oops, bump my mic there. Um, but I love the design of the firefly. Yes. Um, that is, that's one of the things actually, I don't know. Were you a Babylon five fan? I am. Okay. So, um, that's one of the things that hooked me on Babylon five, even though, you know, it was early, you know, first generation, well, not first mm -hmm. generation, but you know, hokey computer graphics in space. Yes. I could see how their ships worked. Mm-hmm. Which always kind of bothered me watching like Star Trek. You know, how yeah. does it work? Well, there's there's these it, things, but they, you know, spacey, yeah. timey, wimey, yeah. as, science. As, yeah, as they say on Mission Log, tech the tech. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it, it doesn't work out. It, it works, but we don't know how. But here, you know, you see mm -hmm. the thrusters moving. And that was the thing with the, the Star Furies on, on Babylon 5 that the, those, the eight engine design basically that yeah that drove everything it was yeah i yeah. loved that stuff and and the fact <laughs> that, that by the way we we just passed my favorite line define interesting oh god oh god we're all gonna die that's my favorite line in this whole just sorry i had to note that as we were going by no that's good yeah, but, and, yeah. and the fact that mal just is kind of like attention everyone <laughs> you're gonna experience some turbulence and explode and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, are we crashing again? You know, yeah. This whole actually, this whole sequence, this whole, this first. However, I don't know how long it is. It's it's done in two takes. Is right? it where two? it starts on the bridge? Yeah. I thought it was all in one because uh, I knew um, that they were trying to show off the set. There they are, but there's a cut between when he and Simon are are going at it. Mm -hmm. There's a, a a a quick turn where you go from Mal to Simon, and in that they hid one cut. Oh, okay. Because the the upstairs and the downstairs floor of Serenity is actually two different sets because I couldn't build one on top of the other. Gotcha. Right? Yeah. So, okay. but this whole opening sequence, it nails every single character on this ship. Yeah. Right. You learn everything you need to know as, as an outsider looking in about the relationships that are go on between these people, um, about their personalities, right? Like, and also as a fan, it is like, it was like coming home. Yeah, it really was. And it's like all of these people that you have missed 
I mean, you still miss Inara and Shepard Book. Right. But but all of these people, it was like, hello again. Yeah, and, and the, the fact, like you said, they nailed the personalities. And also, this is, you kind of, it's kind of like you're, you're easing back into it. That was the cut right there. Okay. That, yeah. Just I guess I missed. Start walking down the stairs. Yeah, I guess I missed that before, but I guess they kind of hit it in the dark there. That is precisely what they did. They did it on purpose, right? To, to hide the, the single cut they had to sneak in there. Yeah, it's kind of like the Alfred Hitchcock, Alfred, Alfred Hitchcock movie. Have you seen The Rope? I don't think I have, no. Um, Alfred Hitchcock did a movie um, called The Rope, um, and it is, it's done on a soundstage. They did the set so that it could be moved back and forth, and the entire movie is shot in, I forget how many takes, but it, it's basically every, every scene, they use the entire reel of film for every shot. They, they only cut when they ran out of film, and all of those cuts are hidden and and things like that where it goes past something dark mm. and it's considered to be a directorial masterpiece uh it's, i believe it yeah it, it's fantastic and i uh yeah if you ever get a want to see some some really good editing and some good you know sleight of hand uh set work that's a, <laughs> a, a great movie to check out i will i mean alfred, Hitch, alfred hitchcock that was uh, can't have been it wasn't recent, I'm assuming. <laughs> so, uh, you know, not to be at able all. to manage that. Um, I mean, like in the in the age of digital cameras and digital editing, right? Like you can do a lot of that if you wanted to. Oh yeah, well, and, and like it did take 46 takes for them to get this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, and, and there were many takes in that, but yeah, and it's it's really like I said in the age of digital, like you know when when we record here, we can record two hours straight on, on one computer without, without having to think about it. But they, uh, I wouldn't say they had like, I can't remember how much it's like 10 minutes of film per, per reel. Wow. And That's then, and of course, great shot of Serenity landing. I love mm -hmm. the, the, the bug legs to kind of reinforce. It looks, the, it looks almost alive, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the firefly. It, yeah. <laughs> it looks great. This is one of the only um, callbacks they did, this shot right here, with uh, Mal and Simon, and Mal and Simon, Mal and River, just to pass the movie from her back on to him so that we, everyone would know he is who to watch. Okay. So I did not realize that that's what they were doing there. Mm-hmm. So. Have, yeah. Course, it's it's just interesting to see these sort of things and like to to listen to the director and have you know have them say stuff like that. It's very interesting. Yeah, and of course the the much upgraded mule. Yes. Um, so, from their ATV. Yes. yes. <laughs> now, <laughs> see, now see, I do. I will say, I I love this movie. Don't get me wrong. There are some parts that are hokey, but I actually do kind of wish that they were still running like an ATV or something. Because, and I realize it would detract from the, the big chase later, but I, I miss that feel of everything in the series where it was all just like, everything's on the verge of breaking down, not just the ship, mm -hmm. but everything. Yeah. Like they're literally like on sweat and tears, mm -hmm. slapping everything together. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, then we reintroduce Sonora and, uh, and uh, Kaylee. What yes. is wrong with me? 
Kaylee and, and the doc and they're try, start yeah. reintroducing that tension. And that, and that look on her face, like she's happy, happy, happy. And then just like a split second and you just see her face fall and it just communicates everything. You got to, you got to hand it off to Jewel State for that one. Yes. Yes. Right. And, so. And she did a fantastic job all through the series. Oh yeah. I mean, and she's, uh, and her, her character was written in such a way that it was very subtle. A lot of, a lot of the things she would say, like when she was not center stage mm-hmm. when when you know like when there was tension between like mal and shepherd book she would just like mm-hmm. throw something out there and and it was it, it wasn't quite a throwaway line it was it was it was very meaningful but if you weren't paying attention you missed it yeah yeah interesting fact um jewel state hates strawberries <laughs> which if you've seen the series you would be probably disappointed to know <laughs> Well, she she sold us on the fact that she she, she liked really the strawberries. Likes, she hates them apparently. Well, <laughs> well it's, it's just it's just you know uh, speaks to her acting ability. Yes, and, and River's feet. It's, yes, the, they're like another character in the show almost. Yeah. The um. Now, this is actually. I know they had to kind of put this scene in here probably just to reinforce and also introduce people who haven't seen it mm-hmm. that Mal is a criminal. Yeah. Because you can, you know, you can talk about it all you want, uh, but this is where it's kind of the show don't tell thing. And also seeing not only, again, that they're criminals, but they're practiced. Mm-hmm. Like you can mm-hmm. see how they're all working together. Yeah. Um, Everyone knows their job, and and yeah, that's a great line there. Definition of a hero is someone who gets other people killed. Yeah, you can look it up later. Well, I think one of the, one of the things is right. Like, it's when when the series ended, everybody's pretty much good, right? Mm-hmm. Like there there was not a, a lot of conflict. I mean, there, everybody's pretty pretty good people. You know, like they've been through some stuff and they they are bonded. And then you have to start a movie. Right. And you can't, you can't have, uh, as Justin says, you can't have him be, go from hero to hero. Sure. Right. So this, this heist does a couple of things that, right. Like it gives you a bit more information about the people, but it also shows Mal's not in a good place anymore. Right. And, and yeah. And, but right? like again, in our left, yeah. book left, in uh, our left. And, but then um, you have here, he's doing the heist. But in a minute, you also have, you have Mal mirroring what the operative does. But he's not killing the guy, but he's negotiating on where he's going to shoot him mm-hmm. um, so that he can have a good name. He, so, he, so that he will, you know, people will think he did something great. And so that's... But more, a, a minute after that... A minute after that, he shoots, he shoots the other guy. Yeah, and that's actually, you know, and that's kind of that decision that decision making kind of weathered battle worn personality and now i did have a roommate uh who who believed that mal was cast that nathan fillion was actually a little young for the cast which oh, yeah? i will kind of give him yeah I, i'll give her that i i think i think he to to sell the the kind of you know battle worn character he might have been a little older but then also i guess it kind of depends on when he enlisted too so mm-hmm. i think it we could we could play but, either way on that. 
he was a volunteer, so that's true. And volunteers have a tendency to go in as early as they can get away with. Sure, sure. But now I I got to say, given his his ability to deliver his sarcastic lines and his dismissive tone at things, I can't think of anyone else that would do a better job. Oh no. Oh no. But yeah, there's the thing, like, he pushes the guy off. I mean, yes, he kills him as an act of mercy, which he states later on. But not taking the guy in the first place tells you where he is. Right. Right? I mean, the Mal we knew in the TV series would have grabbed that guy and pulled him on board. Right. Right? The Mal who he is now pushes him off. Sure. Yeah, and I and you know Zoe calls him on that later, but now I I do have to mm-hmm. say, now I know we wouldn't have a movie without them, <laughs> but the Reavers to me are like the weakest link to this whole thing. It's also the first time we actually see them. Um, it's the first time we see. Well, it's no, it is the first time we see them because we do see the one guy who like went the mad. Who, yeah, but he was not actually a Reaver. Yeah. Um, that was still like in the series. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, you haven't. You, don't worry to anyone listening. You haven't missed anything in the movie. You, but, <laughs> but yeah, no, but yeah. So, so yeah. Um, one of the things. I mean, uh, oh, go ahead. I, 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 sorry, I do agree. Like the Reavers themselves are sort of. I mean, it's it's the point of the movie, but yeah, yeah. I agree. So, well, and I also have a lot of logistical questions. You know, if they're just kind of madmen running around raping, murdering, burning up all of their resources. How do they maintain their ships? Yes, exactly. Fuel. Like, yeah, where do they get fuel? How do they maintain their ships? Do they rob? Like, I, I'm, I have questions. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I know none of them are probably going to get answered. Um, do, do they have a hierarchy? Is it, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. uh, is it, is mean, it like chimps? I don't much, know. Yeah, much, much later in the movie, you see them, um, spoilers, I guess, um, <laughs> for a 15 something year old movie. But, um, later on, you see them, their ships all floating in space, like congregating mm-hmm. outside, right? And you kind of wonder, okay, well, I can understand that. Like, if they all just hung out there, but then how do they get out beyond? How do they get out? How do they go anywhere? Yeah. How do they operate ship functions? Like, right? Like, I mean, somebody's got to empty the latrine. Like, is somebody, you know, like, it's like, that's. <laughs> yeah, it, it, exactly. And those are, those are the questions that I wonder about is like, is there someone in charge of making sure everyone has enough to eat or do they just eat the next person to drop off? I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, do they, do they freeze the people that they take back, you know, that they kill and take, I, who knows? But, um, so, uh, something, uh, so, so I know we've been like just nerding out about the movie and which we can do that the whole time. I mean, there's, there's so much in this film. I love that shot. I'm sorry. Where, where they all like, where they turn the corner, then everyone's head yes. goes back. Um, yeah. but, um, you know, it's really, this is a really easy movie to nerd out about, but it so, really so as some, some of the social commentary on this, um, I've, I've heard both good and bad, you know, here we have, you know, we can say, you know, Mal is the lead character, basically, of this of the series to a degree. But then you have other people who say that River's the, the lead character, um, which I agree with. Uh, you know, I, I can see either point because we are hearing the story of River and what's happened to her 
uh, her tragedy and and how she's going to get back from that. Mm. We're also hearing, we're also paralleling that story with Mal. And even though he wasn't tortured in a lab, he was, you know, was tortured on the battlefield. Mm-hmm. And so now he's trying to figure out who he is with this bro- these broken parts. So, um, but going with, with the, you know, Rivers, the character that everyone is watching kind of side of things. You know, I've, I've heard some commentary that, oh, it's great because we have a, a strong, uh, capable female lead in the movie. But then we also have, uh, I've heard a lot of people give this movie a lot of flack from the feminist perspective. And, you know, I don't want to harp on either side too much because I don't get, I don't like to get too terribly political, but it's hard not to with this movie. Um, mm. But I, I've heard, a, I, you know, I've heard complaints that, you know, even though River is, you know, battle capable, um, she's psychic. She is uh, in a pension. We see that in the series again uh, when she walks in and talks uh, Badger um, out of, you know, just distracts Badger <laughs> from mm-hmm. the, what's going on. And, um, but at the same time, the, the big criticism is that because she's not fully mentally there, that there are, she, she relies on men to take care of her. Mm. And so that's, that's the big critique that I've heard from the feminist side of things. And, and I've heard that that's like everyone going, well, you know, she's, she's not a good female role model. And the, then the show doesn't prevent a good, present a good female role model. But at the same time, I'm going, but what about Zoe? Yeah, you, you can't you can't do anything but look at Zoe and see strong, capable female warrior. Right. Who's got a level head, who loves deeply and yet is not controlled by her husband. Right. Um, some might say that there's perhaps too much influence in Mal over her, but at the same time, she will stand up to him whenever she feels the need to. Yeah. Um, like as River, we see here. Yeah. River. River is. It may be her. It's her story, but Miles the star, right? She's almost like she's the narrator for this movie. If if you want to say that. Okay, I can but see that. I think that every person past childhood has has damage, if you might say that we have baggage, mm-hmm. right? Um, and maybe in childhood. Absolutely. Um, and when you, you have suffered, some of us get to wear it more secretly than others. River doesn't get to wear it very secretly. Um, I think just having damage does not make you not a good role model, I guess, is, is the term where where you brought up, right? I mean, (laughs) sure. Merely having damage and demonstrating that and, and depending on your community, I think, in fact, takes more strength than not. Yeah. Right? And I mean, well, River's story is not a perfect metaphor for that. No, I, I see where you're going with that. That, that makes a lot of sense because there is, there is a point, it's kind of a fine line, of course, you know... You don't want to, of course, just unload everything that you do onto everyone else and become codependent mm-hmm. and manipulative and things like that. But it, it, there is a there is a time and a place and a healthy way to to let other people uh, to help you out and carry you. So yeah, that mm-hmm. that makes sense. And the, and the and the and so and I, I'm not trying to 
I, I'm guessing what you're saying is there's, there's not a shame in that. Is that no, kind of where you're yeah. going? Absolutely. And we're, we're, we're communal beings. Like God created us to be communal beings, mm-hmm. right? Um, whether you believe in God or not, community is important. Um, and, and you're absolutely right. Can, it, that can also be done very unhealthily, the same as, as being alone can be done very unhealthily. Um, there's a time and place for both. But, um, but being like, there, there have definitely been times in my life where without community, right? Like I was so broken that without community, I wouldn't be here. And I think River could say that same thing without her brother, without this crew, she wouldn't be here. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Cause what's been done to you is not your fault. Even if you have to bear the responsibility of it in yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, 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 that's really good. And actually, cause you know, that where we are with the other show we've been in, in the story of Abraham so much recently, you know, that, mm-hmm. that's one of the things that like you were talking about things that have been done to you. Um, we were talking about Hagar and, and, uh, Ishmael. And when, when Abraham and, and Sarah send her away, that, mm-hmm. that God's saying, no, I'm going to take care of you because, you know, basically, you know, she, for all intents and purposes, she, she was, uh, she was a sex worker. And, and so what happened to her was not her fault because she was basically forced into those situations. And she was a slave, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah. So she did, she didn't have rights. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think that's a really interesting, uh, you know, I think that's an interesting point in the story where you have Hagar who, you know, God's saying, no, I'm going to take care of you because this stuff, you know, basically this stuff isn't your fault. You, you didn't mm-hmm. choose this path. So, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's an excellent point. And so. That's definitely, that's one of the things about this show that I really love because um, it's about community. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and not only is the show and, and the movie there, um, therefore about community um, is it's created community. Right. Right. Like there's um, my, my friend, Kyle Rudge, he, he was at the, the, the first screening of fire of uh, I did the same thing as you <laughs> of serenity in the theater here in Winnipeg. It was the very first show packed theater, all fans. And they're sitting there. They were there hours before. <laughs> I believe it. Right. And so they're sitting there and they're waiting for the show to start. And everybody's sort of talking in their little groups of, of people that um, they've come with. And I mean, all of like, those of us who, who had been a part of the Firefly community before, I mean, the second you meet somebody who loves Firefly, you've instantly got a bond. Mm-hmm. Right. And so they had experienced the same thing. And so they started singing Jane's song in the theater. That is awesome. Him and his wife, the two of them together. And within minutes, they had the entire theater singing along. Mm-hmm. Right? Because this, this, this community that's created by watching it on TV, right? It just, mm-hmm. it, seeing people in community, creating a community, it's just, it's very much a reason why I love this show. Yeah. And, and that's, it's a really good example um, because you're talking about communities. A few years ago, I was talking with one of my friends about how 
you know, inform- and I talk to people about this kind of idea a lot nowadays, but uh, the, one of the, when it first kind of occurred to me, you know, information used to be the speed of a horse, uh, mm-hmm. was as fast as anything could travel. And now we've got, we've got the ability now with the internet to, to pick our communities, not based on geography, but on interest. Mm-hmm. And some, sometimes we do that to our detriment. I will say, I mean, if you look at, the, <laughs> the, uh, you know, again, if you look at the world of politics, it just gets mm-hmm. you know, down the rabbit hole. Uh, you know, people just can, you know, get in their little bunkers and, and everyone just goes nuclear on, on Facebook. And uh, yeah, watch, yeah, watching American politics is interesting. Yeah, it's the kindest word I have for it. <laughs> yeah, it, Emily and I, uh, it, it, I think Emily was the first one to say this, but we, we kind of adopted this uh, idea of we talk about religion so much, we try to avoid <laughs> too much politics because we would like to have some friends at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely. Which is safe, really, no matter what country you're living. If you're choosing one, you should probably avoid the other. Right. <laughs> so I love the fact the trigger here is like this funny commercial. Yeah. Um and yeah, the fruity Odie bars. Makes a man out of a mouse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> and and this scene is and again, uh, you know, I guess if we want to have a conversation about stylized violence, we can, <laughs> but this scene is just so beautifully shot. Um, really the is. filters, everything's a little bit hazy, like a dream sequence. Mm-hmm. But the yeah. other thing is when you kind of, there's some areas where I, I'm pretty sure they had to have done this intentionally where the filter goes on and some, it goes off. And I think it's kind of showing reality, trying to yeah. do that thing, like reality from her perception, reality yeah. from everyone, everyone else. else. And, <laughs> yeah. But the court now, yeah. like, now there is some hokey, uh, martial arts choreography in this uh, in the movie yeah but yes. this scene is is just very well shot um I, oh is it ever and I, and I love the way that these guys are responding to her too um fun fact she actually kicks around a pole like she actually kicks around a pole it's coming right up around the corner okay here. she kicks around from behind right there okay i i don't know if we're perfectly synced up here but I, I she know was which a dance, one you're talking. She's a dancer, uh-huh. right? So they had a lot of fun with, making well a, a dancer fight, right? Yeah, yeah, and and with and, with her flexibility because there's there's actually she does a kick um, that's it's over the and I don't think it's the one that's around the pole, but there's one that she does when someone's got her like from behind and she mm-hmm. kicks like behind her at the back of the guy's head. Yeah, and. <laughs> Right. Okay. And so, so Carrie Ann Moss does a similar kick in, yes. in the Matrix, in um, Matrix, which one, which was the third installment. Um, and she, apparently oh. she had to practice that for months before she you. could get it. Um, and yet the, the stunt guy just like discovered the fact, hey, Jewel can, ki- or not Jewel, um, Summer can kick around a pole. Can we build a pole? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Uh, side note that, the sentence like that that Simon says to knock her out is Russian for this is very ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that is uh, Joss Wheat. That is 100% got to be Joss Wheaton's sense of humor. 
of, of just like this this is ridiculous yeah we're, we're gonna create a sentence that can put her to sleep yeah and <laughs> this is ridiculous and and he does he, he knows that this movie just walks the line of satire um mm-hmm. so often and and also we missed it but i love the part when mal's trying to get his gun back and he gets he finally gets the the locker the right locker lined up and then he like looks through all of his pockets for the key yeah. card <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's definitely my favorite thing is to make fun of mal not gonna lie <laughs> well it's, right there yeah there's, it's so easy to do <laughs> but um be- yeah. because he he does i mean and again if you haven't watched firefly uh either just come we'll be here when you come back or 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 watch it when we're done here it's fan the first two episodes like the the pilot is a two-part episode if if you're not hooked after that then you probably won't like it and i'm not sure why you're listening (laughs) well you know it's, well, we, no, I mean, well, keep actually, listening. Definitely keep listening. Yeah, keep listening. We actually, well, and this is this is a side note. This is not any part of the movie, but we did actually have you know Emily's done a couple horror movies, and I'm not a big horror fan, um, but mm-hmm. she's had some friends who have told her that um, she really has. She didn't go and watch the movies, but the conversations that she heard Emily having with people, and again, I reference in other shows. I hate to be so self-referential, <laughs> but you know, just. Uh, have really they they helped her understand the message of why people might want to in the conversations you can start with it. Mm-hmm. So so even though you may not be a sci-fi fan, you know maybe you can follow along and 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 kind of get into our minds a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> we all should learn more new things, right? Expand our horizons. So absolutely. Yep. Uh, We're, Jane is always a good thing, right here. He he asks the questions that most nobody else wants to ask, mm-hmm. which need to be asked, right? Yeah. Um. Because he, he's the he's the he's the brunt. He's the the dude, the brute, right? Saying, right. you know, why'd you bring her back on? Why'd but you bring her back on? He's deceptively clever, though. He he, he at is times. in a very direct a direct right because he's very linear, which. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we can overcomplicate ourselves by bouncing around and following too many rabbit trails in your mind or whatever, where when you're linear, you get to the point. Right. 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 And, and, and at the same time, he's, and he does play that, that guy. And, and, and now I will say there, there is a level of cowardice to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, that he he definitely tries to cover up, and you see that when he gets paid off uh, in the series, um, mm-hmm. for different things, and he almost betrays and sells out the crew, um, but then he always he always kind of brings it back in. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever he realizes, no, I've I'm go- I've gone too far, and I'm I'm just becoming evil for evil's sake. He oftentimes yeah. dials it back whenever he gets called on. One, when he gets called on it, and two, sometimes he just <laughs> realizes, like, ah, this was a bad idea. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, certainly have, like, there's certainly, um, I don't know if I want to use the word respect. That might be a little too too high for Jane, but I can appreciate Jane and his character. Well, you, you, right? under, you can understand his motivations. He, he's like the the... The bad cheap big brother. 
You know, the, the, like what was the was the the bad what? The bad sheep. Oh, brother. bad sheep. Okay, yeah. Okay. Right. I mean, like he he does have an affection for for Kaylee and and even for Anara. It's just mm-hmm. a little cocked. Well, you know? <laughs> well, and, and even and well, and here's the one thing I can say that you that you can respect about him is even even though he does hint at, you know, sexualizing those relationships when he's called on it, he stops immediately. Yeah. And it's almost like he doesn't. If he doesn't have a proper understanding and respect for true feeling and true care and true love for somebody like this is about as close as he gets. Right. It's, it's more of a code of honor thing than than actual yeah. affection. Yeah. Yeah. And so then here we are with Mr. Universe, which I'm not a fan. Yeah, he kind of came out of nowhere. And I mean, he's he's a plot device and he felt like that. Yes, exactly. More so than R2-D2. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I cared about R2-D2. I appreciated his little beeps and squeaks. I cared cared about him in the original trilogy, but mm -hmm. I did not care for him in anything else. Yeah, that's fair. So, um, I mean, this this actor did a really good job, and I cannot pull his name out of my head right now. He did a, a great job, but it just plain and simple. His character is a plot device. Yeah, it, right. Well, and, like, but he did he did sell the basement nerd. Yes. Who is you know, it, <laughs> married to a robot? Married, love yeah, bot. Married to a, the love bot. Who who also again your robot plot device? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Carries on R two D two, and. Which, as an actress, that must have been, I gotta say, I don't, I don't, that would have been rough to be, to sit there in one per exact spot for what was probably days of shooting. <laughs> That's, I didn't think about that, but. Like, I got, I got, I got an itch. Oh, I, I got, I got an itch. Oh, you know, like, yeah, it would just be. You ruin the whole shot. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I. No, yeah. no, I respect her now more because, you know, we've, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I sit in a, in a kitchen chair doing the shows and by the time I'm done with an hour or two hours, I'm just like, I, I can barely move. So yeah, that's, although that, that couch did look much more comfortable. But I mean, her, her pose was not. Uh, true. Right. Because it's intended to be a pose. <laughs> right. So. Uh, well, and that's actually kind of funny. You're talking about being uncomfortable. Um. Mm-hmm. You know, that's it. And again, there's a lot of talk on on sexual inequality and, and things like that and, and just mm. things that people take for granted. And Evangeline Lilly. Um, have you seen is Ant-Man and Wasp? Um, um, she was talking. Yes. Who, who's the guy who plays Ant-Man? Oh, um, I can't. The think of second his... you asked me, his name flew out of my head. I know. I can't think of his name, but apparently he was talking about how uncomfortable the costume is. Mm. And she's like, I put it on and I was like, yeah, it's a little uncomfortable, but it's not like terrible. And then she goes, but then it struck me. Guys in Hollywood typically aren't put in really uncomfortable clothing to make them look better. Oh, Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. And and so, yeah, that was actually something I hadn't considered that. Yeah, that Mm. there is a lot of there's a lot of, uh, you know, smoke and mirrors, proper camera angles. um, Yeah, that proper posture different posing that that you you have to uh you have to adopt in order to make the camera like you mm-hmm. absolutely sorry that was um a really nice moment from uh marina mm-hmm. 
just having like having the the operative come up the stairs and just absolutely no dialogue but you read everything on her face oh yeah right just absolutely i mean as opposed to the juxtaposed to the previous scene with um simon and river right and it's very emotional and it's very like which is and, and i mean i think summer did a fantastic job um and i imagine it's it was even harder to be um acting against her and having to do the straight face but to go from this very emotional scene to this utterly you know mm-hmm. dialogue free just moment of of facial expression to explain everything that's going on is amazing yeah and oh and ron glass rest in peace yes yes and he really yeah. was such a fantastic character in the series he's a oh. he's i wish he had a bigger role in the movie because oh yeah he's he's so good and and the thing that he really is and the, and i will say and i'm gonna i'm gonna reference the movie here or the series here i'm gonna go back to it so in the first episode there's that scene with him and inara mm-hmm. where he comes in and basically how he doesn't quite break have a breakdown no. but he definitely starts having more questions which is which is kind of interesting because he did have apparently a sordid past but Mm -hmm. he basically here we have the priest coming to the prostitute for a confession yeah and and it's totally innocent you know i I don't want it to sound like oh yeah crazy but it's such a beautiful scene and he plays it so well and that's that's part of the reason that i really do wish that that he had a bigger role in this but i love his his talk of belief. Now, I do, I do, th- I find his question kind of silly. Where it's like, "Why do you think when I'm talking about belief, I'm always talking about God?" Well, you're a pastor, um, well, yeah. so there's that. Um, <laughs> yeah, so. But I mean, like that—that's that's one of the things. Like that, I would say one of the themes of this movie is belief or faith, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, or, or the lack thereof, right? And how damaging both can be. Right. We see we see the operative who has such strong belief in everything that he is doing and everything that the alliance is, you know, has told him is what is going. Right. Like he he has such strong and depth of belief, much like book does in in God. Mm-hmm. Um, but Mal right now has none. Well, and, and you have you have Mal who's very. Like you said, he doesn't have a belief in God, but he has a, a belief right now. He's kind of in a place where he doesn't know exactly, like we talked about, he doesn't know exactly what he's fighting for. Mm-hmm. Um, he knows what he knows what he thinks he should be against, but he's not sure how. Mm-hmm. And but he's looking. He's he's in that searching phase. Book has mm-hmm. a solid faith in God, and that his that his mission is to be a missionary. Um, to mm-hmm. to all the planets, and so he's got something he's working on, and then, and then again, you like you like you mentioned, you just juxtapose him to this guy who has a blind faith, mm-hmm. and then when Absolutely. you when you when you put it together um, towards the end of the movie, and you know I don't want to jump too far ahead, but when you put it, when you put it together to, to when Mal does find that thing, yeah, then you see that. Where Mal, in his 
in his getting used to living in the chaos, his getting used to having to improvise all the time. You know, he has this, you know, and again, you know, we can we can discuss the reality of this, but you know, the, his he kind of has this ragtag fighting style at the end where where the guy who's used to his systems and his drills and his, you know, this is this I'm going to do this and then it's going to it it, it the, all that breaks down. Mm-hmm. Um because Mal has lived in the chaos and he does the unexpected, but because he has learned to go out and you know, we can talk about the 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 hero uh um archetypes and things like that of mm-hmm. of you go out and you slay the dragon mm-hmm. and and you take the riches and you get to understand it and, and mal he he does he goes into the chaos and he mm-hmm. he not only goes into the chaos he goes through it mm-hmm. um and and he <laughs> i mean i mean we can i mean we can break that down in a hundred different ways and then he takes that chaos after he's figured out how to make it his slave and uses that to win the battle. And we'll see that later Mm -hmm. on in the film. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Oh, and this, this spot here is the, the trap. Mm -hmm. Again, wonderful piece of dialogue. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think, I think this movie is a good, it's, it's also a good representation of, um, Wow, that just flew right out of my head. No, it's okay. Comparing, <laughs> like I was comparing Booth and and the operative as mirror images in my mind, and that's the misplaced faith, right, versus mm-hmm. the in-depth faith in the right place, right, right, and just noticing like they're they're mirror images of each other. And they've, that's what the Alliance creates, mm-hmm. right? So you've got, because um, uh, I don't know if you, if anybody knew this or not, but Book does have a comic out there explaining his backstory and where he came from. I've heard of that. Do you, hey, do you know if any of that's in trades? I don't know. I, I found it online. I read it online. Okay. Uh, I, I downloaded s- it from a Dark Horse app, I think. I have trouble reading things on, 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 on like on the computer screen and readers and things like that. I'll have, I, I'll have to I, Google that later. Cause I would love to read that stuff. Yeah. I, I also do, but I wanted it to know so desperately that I, I, I made the effort. <laughs> yeah. I, I may have to do that. <laughs> but so, yeah. Because yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge comic book fan and I love what, um, Oh, and Mal and tassels. Yes. It's a callback to there's there's actually a couple little things here. There's kind of a callback to him when he was on the in the bonnet. Um, mm-hmm. Again, you have to My see the, ser- the series, and then and then earlier, I don't know what's what's great is uh, you see Wash's dinosaurs no, up on you? the console. I didn't yeah, even... yeah, they're they were in the last scene when they're in there uh, talking about the trap and and all That's that. Awesome. And, I'm uh, praying for you, Mal. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's another reason I, I appreciate this scene too. Is that um, as much as that Anara just gets knocked over, which is very frustrating for me, but it also proves that Anara is is brilliant, mm-hmm. right? And um, showing different kinds of strength for women, right? Like you've got four women characters on this on this in this movie on the show, and they are very, they're each one incredibly competent 
and smart. Yeah, and and now in I, different ways. Now, it, and it could be, you know, like you say, she just gets knocked over and that's it. But it, you know, it, it may be one of the, one of those like conservation of energy type things too, where she's like, "I'll just, I'm gonna wait it out over here." Yeah, because, and if if I he mean, really needs me, I'll I'll, I'll be there. I mean, it, because I'm gonna wait for my flash bomb. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's she's already lit it, right? Like she knew that it was coming. She knew things were gonna go badly, and she had a pretty good idea of how long it would take. Right. Yeah. <laughs> for Mal to get his butt kicked. Right. So, you know, I mean, as much as she's a distraction for for the operative, I mean, she's already got it sorted. Right. Yeah. Like, well, and that's um, and, and something you said just a minute ago uh, made me think, you know, we and, and it just made me realize when you said this, you know, there's there's four different women uh, presented uh, with different strengths in this movie. Mm-hmm. And. It actually made me realize that Kaylee actually she did, she kind of got downplayed in this versus the series. She did, yeah. And um, which is kind of sad because I do think she was one of my favorite characters. Mm. I think I think she and Book um, yeah. were among my favorites, and then I would say probably with uh, with Wash as a oh as yeah a close third yeah. And, and Alan Tudyk, uh, I don't know, like, this is my second Alan Tudyk film. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah, because a lot of people did not know he was also the chicken in Moana. Oh, yeah, I did know that, <laughs> actually, now that you say it. It was strangely fitting, but, you know. So, and- um, no, I think a lot of, I mean, to be honest, if this not being a second season of Firefly, I was never going to be happy with how much I saw. Of, of my of my characters right i mean i was very sad um that inara doesn't get much screen time right um that a lot of her and mal's story was it was cut out and i mean i get it for for a movie like the timing just wasn't there right yeah and and i absolutely would have if 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 you came to me and said we're going to do a second season of firefly or we're going to do a movie and tie it all up i'd have been like season two give me season yeah. two 100 yeah. percent not i'm not discounting yeah. this movie it's still very well done and i yes. i and i actually now I, I i mentioned to you i've uh when I, we were talking about doing this one uh that i've seen this movie uh, i'm not even joking probably at least 50 times um yeah because uh, we had um me and my roommates in dallas we were huge fans of arrested development firefly and serenity and basically we would mm. watch we would watch through Arrested Development. If we didn't have any other series or movies we wanted to actively watch, Arrested Development was on, Firefly was on, or Serenity was on at yeah. any time that nothing else was actively being watched. Yeah, I I regularly watch through the series and the se- the series, sorry, um probably 6 times a year. Oh wow. Um and of course Firefly is in there. Unfortunately here in Canada, I don't know about in the states, but here in Canada, Firefly, Serenity, like Buffy, pretty much everything Joss Whedon has has been taken off Netflix, which is my my number one source of entertainment here. So, I mean, I mean, I have my 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 DVD copies, of course, but right. Um, but like then you what have I to would, walk across the room and well, and you yeah. got to put it in right. Yeah. Like it's not just yeah, it's a whole thing. No, um, I understand. We actually, it's still on Netflix here, and I'm very sad for you because um, yeah. Doctor Who got taken off of off of yes. off of American uh, Netflix or United States Netflix, uh, and I just that irritated me. I was 
it, yeah, they took it off Canadian Netflix a couple of years ago, and uh, Doctor Who that is, and I just I wept. I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do finally I do finally own all but the most recent season, but um, I got a really good sale on Amazon. But um, no, I mean I, this is one of those um, like I I tend to watch TV to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Right, and so it can't be anything that I haven't seen before because I would get too interested. It can't be anything that I don't want to watch again. Right. So I, that, that's how I watch through this so much. Right. I got you. Yeah. You know, it's, it's my fall asleep TV, but I was actually really upset recently. I went looking for my, my Firefly series and I could not find it. So I assume I must've borrowed it to somebody and not, you know, remembered who it was. Right. So I I went out and bought the 15th anniversary edition. Like I, I learned a trick for that, and that is when you when you loan something to somebody, you take a picture of them holding it. Yes, I and I do that, but I assume it must have been long enough ago that I hadn't started doing that yet, because it was on Netflix for for years, right? I didn't I didn't need to look for my physical copy, <laughs> right? And then it's gone. I was like, oh no. But so tell us more, because we don't get much about book. Tell us, can you? I don't know if we want to do spoilers. I don't know. It, but what what is there about Book that kind of was in his past that we might want to know about? Well, I mean, a, a lot of it you could kind of infer. Um, sure. He, he, was, he was military. Um, and he, he was the best of the best, actually, right? He rose in the ranks. He was, he was out there mercilessly killing people that needed killing, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and then... He had an epiphany moment. Um, I think I don't remember exactly, um, but I, I don't want to give you details, anyways, because you're going to want to read that. He had an epiphany moment, and he had to sit, and he had to confront the evil that he had done in his own life, and he had to face that full on. And so that's what he did. He he had a stranger essentially, um, essentially give him a tract, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and he went to the monastery. He had not left the monastery until he went on his walkabout and met Kaylee. Interesting. Yeah. So he'd been in the monastery for, for years. And finally, after having doing a lot of the work, right? And doing a lot of the, the soul searching. Okay. Yeah. His first, time, his first time out in the world was... <laughs> was with the firefly crew. I'll have to look that up because I'm sure there's lots of interesting details in there. Oh, now, yeah. Now, did Joss Wheaton write all of the comic? Mm, I'm not even, I can't say. It's been, it's been some time since I, since I read it. Yeah, because um, people, people who are not comic book fans don't also realize that he not only wrote some great series and, and, and did some great movie work, but he also, I mean, he, Wrote a, he had an excellent run on X-Men with Astonishing X-Men. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, and he was influential in starting the Buffy season 8 to 9, maybe up to 10 mm-hmm. now comics. Um, there's a whole assortment of uh, Firefly and Serenity comics as well out there that he's had a hand in. And yeah, he's a, he's a big comic nerd. Yeah. Which I appreciate. Well, and, and the fact that, um, you know, there's there's... There's another series I listen to that does a lot of X-Men stuff, and they were talking about how Whedon's approach to things is, how would I want to see this play out as a fan? Mm, mm-hmm. and, and you see that uh, very well uh, presented in, in, uh, 
Astonishing X-Men where he's coming off of Grant Morrison's run, which was very dark and um, very dreary. Not just dark. I mean, it was it was it was very uh, just dreary and and then you know you come back to Joss Whedon going, no, we we need we need to put on the colorful uniforms again because we need to be the symbols of hope for people. That's what superheroes are supposed to be. Yeah. And so that's yeah. And you and you see that here in in, in Firefly as well, um, with uh, I mean just. It just Mal and you know he wears the brown coat still and he's mm-hmm. he's he stays on you know with with his symbols and you know he keeps the the serenity battle of serenity uh in his in his mind mm-hmm. um you know he has those symbols of hope that he keeps around him and and as he's trying to build a better life and and find out who he is mm-hmm. yeah oh and there's there's Jane. Jane. Jane being laid out. Again. Yeah. <laughs> by River a second time. By a 90-pound girl. <laughs> yes. And Yeah. No, one of the things I've been finding really interesting is reconciling Joss Whedon's personal life with his art. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I mean, Joss Whedon's long been known as, as a feminist, right? Sort mm-hmm. of, I mean, he writes Buffy, like strong female characters. Like, that's his thing. That's his, I mean, it's not perfect. There are plenty of things that can be said against that. But, like, I've been thinking a lot about his, I mean, his, his reported adultery, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, and now, and now I did not, I did not have time because we just, this is a last minute recording, so I didn't have time to look into that. Um, but to, go on and fill us in. His wife had released a letter to, to the public. Um, talking about it and how what the, you know that she was leaving him or something um but apparently it's been a career long thing young young women on his sets you know and, and have had he's had affairs with them and that sort of thing um mm-hmm. there's no there's no reported um i guess you could say misconduct like he's not he's not coming under fire for harassment or for um, sexual or, abuse or right. anything like that, um, just uh, it being adult, an adulterer. Sure. Right? And, um, and, and I'm really struggling with that, actually. Um, right? Like, I love Joss Whedon's art. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I, I feel Buffy in my soul. <laughs> right. You know? Like, I, I grew up with her. Um, I... I'm not sure whose humor came first, like mine or, or Joss Whedon's, because my humor is, my sense of humor is so, has been so formed by it that like, that it's indistinguishable, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, I, you know, I, I caught my husband with another woman four years ago, uh-huh. right? And so... Adultery is kind of yeah, and I can't imagine uh, I can't imagine going through that. And I, so I want to lay out that uh, fortunately, I, I, me and my wife, I mean, we we've got a very solid relationship, and so the idea of of that happening just goes beyond anything my brain can process. 
Yeah. And, and and to be honest, it, it went beyond anything my brain could process. <laughs> right? Like Fair. I mean it was it, it was a, a complete dismantling of everything I thought I knew. Right? Um the like the woman sitting here today does not even resemble the woman I was four years ago. Um in many ways. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and Ma- so it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> right? So to 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 reconcile I mean, I mean, I obviously cannot speak to Joss Whedon's wife. Like her, her emotions, her, um, her process, her situation is is entirely different. But like we ask ourselves, then, right? Does does the art reflect the man, or 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 vice versa? Does what the man does does have an effect on his art, and should we see it that way? I don't know. What do you think? Well, you know, I think one of the things that I've I've believed for a long time, and this is just something my dad said to me growing up, you know, is every everyone who writes a book, a movie, a play, a poem, anything, they're they're trying to say something. Mm-hmm. And now we can say that either you know, and you have to look at is he promoting uh, his actions. Uh, mm-hmm. through his art or is he promoting his ideals that he falls short of? Mm-hmm. And I think, um, I, I think if we look at it because I mean, you look at, uh, David and the Psalms, mm-hmm. you know, he definitely, <laughs> he definitely did not hold a, to one woman mm-hmm. and, no. and again, not trying to excuse it, but one of the things that, that again, Emily, uh, and I talk about, we talk about art quite a bit because she is an artist. And one of the things that she often says is, you know, great art will obscure the artist. And, and so, you know, if you, if you look at, if you look at this movie and you don't know anything about Joss Whedon, uh, it, you can watch this movie and say, hey, it's a great sci-fi action flick that has, you know, good acting. It's got, Great fight choreography. The effects are quality. Camera work is is well done. Uh, it communicates on on so many levels. Uh, the way it plays with light, uh, the way it it racks, you know the the way the shots line up, and you can say, yeah, th- uh, this this is quality art, and this is a product of somebody putting their best into something, mm-hmm. and so. It's I, not just him, right? Like, I mean, it's it's the actors, it's the, sure. cast, it's the crew, it's it's sure. producers, it's everybody. Yeah, and it, it is a group effort, but it it all kind of starts with with Joss's vision on this, mm-hmm. and so I kind of have to look at it going. Well, I mean, I'm not saying not necessarily just this situation specifically, mm-hmm. but whenever I appreciate art, whether I'm looking at at Dolly. Um, cause he had some very, uh, anti-feminist views, mm. um, or Walt Disney, mm-hmm. um, you know, some very anti-Semitic Jews, mm-hmm. uh, Jews, <laughs> views. well, that was Freudian, Freud, yeah, very anti-Semitic views. I can't believe I said that. <laughs> Fix that in post. Uh, but he had some very, very anti-Semitic views and we still appreciate his art and we can say, you know what, people are flawed. Mm-hmm. And does anything they do atone for what they did? No, I mean, there's only one way to get there, uh, mm-hmm. to, to atonement. And that, that's through Christ. But 
but we can appreciate the contribution that they were able to give towards maybe someone's understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and that's the other thing. What is it? What is it they're promoting? What is it? What are the images they're putting? You know, into their their art. You know, like there there are some things like uh, I don't know if you read much Neil Gaiman. A little bit. Um, but you know, Coraline uh, was one of his works, and there are, uh, you know, he he talks about how women will come to him at book signings with these tattered copies of Coraline that have obviously been read hundreds mm-hmm. and hundreds of times, and you can go and and you can see and they're and they're just crying saying you know it, this book got me through the hardest times of my life because mm-hmm. I, I felt like I was Coraline in this now I I've not read Coraline but I'm just kind of quoting him here but yeah. at the, at the same time so he does this stuff where where yes there there are these brilliant uh, images this wonderful story of of a of this girl and and again I don't know the story but who, who gets through a hard time apparently and it's helped women. And then mm-hmm. at the same time, uh, you know, then on the other side of it, he writes um, American Gods, mm-hmm. which has some of the most graphic. Um, I- I've read the book a couple times and I loved the story, but there are people that I can't just give it a blanket endorsement because there's so because there is so much graphic sex. I when I mm. I would I would caution someone and I would, you know, if I was going to s- tell someone, hey, this is an interesting story, I think you might like it. I'm not going to put my full stamp of of approval on it. So, you know, I think that's different than what goes on in his personal life. That's actually presenting something in the art that I'm like, I can't endorse that, you know? Yeah. So um, even though I kind of almost, the story's so good. (laughs) It's one of those things. I I feel that tension uh, as well, I guess is a good way to say that, to summarize. (laughs) Yeah. I, and that's absolutely is, but I think it's important to hold it in tension, right? And and to to measure that, and to see where you you end up on it, right? Like just to do the work, yeah, essentially. And we 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 talked over um, poor Shepherd books, death here, yeah. which I found I, I very moving. Like I think he did an amazing job, considering mm-hmm. death scenes are tend to be my my least favorite thing. <laughs> especially the the long drawn out death yes. scenes well and yeah. those those are hard to sell i they mean are. Uh, because i mean because uh, most most scenes in a movie you might have had a similar experience most people in the movies have not died yeah like in real life so yep. probably makes it difficult seems likely <laughs> um yeah but i mean here here we start to see mal go off his rocker here yes and yep. Here, here is, I love kind of, again, I, I mentioned it earlier. Here is Mal for the longest time he has been in the series. He's been on the edge of the chaos. And, and liking it there. To, to a degree. And he's, to a degree. he's been on the edge of like, of trying to, he's trying to make a normal life while still trying to not just be, not just live in the uniformity. And he's well, been. Well, I think a- there, there was a line in the series where, you know, he's, uh, Anara says that like, he's lost in the woods, you know, and he says, well, there's a difference. It's because I like it there. That's the only place I can see my way. Right. right. I mean, I mean, so he lives on the edge 
but it's it's attention in himself as well as in his surroundings. Yeah, but I and I don't think he lived as far in the woods as he thought he did in his own mind. And here he That's is fair. just plunging right into it, going where there is literally no safe passage. Yeah. And so And in, how creepy is this scene? <laughs> and the thing is it's just spaceships. It's it, spaceships oh yeah, but you have the and sounds. reactions. You have the sounds over the radio, like we're, we're not listening with sound at the moment, but the sounds like I can hear the screams and the raging mm-hmm. right from from all the reavers and all these ships. Yeah. It, it, but yeah. And again, you have the reactions on the actress faces and then. But yeah, it it is amazing how creepy just this what what looks like a dead shipyard, but it's like any one of those could come to life at any second and attack you. So you kind of have like, you have kind of the zombie thing going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so where they're, where they're peaceful, they're feeding or they're, they're laying down cause they're shuffling. Mm-hmm. But yeah. And oh, man. so I think at this point they've made it through and this, okay. This right here is such a cool transition. So you go mm-hmm. from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I guess not quite there. They're not quite there. <laughs> But, the operative first. Yeah, I disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so and also you also have you know you know dump, jumping into chaos and Mal's just becoming. You know he's adopting the symbols, and the and the things to try and disguise himself. I kind of have like the there's the King David moment you know where he goes in the other village and and he mm-hmm. pretends to be mad so the Philistines won't get him. Nope. Um. So then you go from that creepy scene to something even more creepy, which is this dead planet that's picture perfect. Yeah. And, and, and it's got the same sort of lighting as the dream sequences almost, right? Like to have, it's like, it's like that feeling when you think you're in a dream, but then it turns into a nightmare, right? Like, yes. And, and they did a very good job on that. And one of the things that, um, that that occurred to me earlier just as we were watching is this is shot in all of like you said the dream sequences but who's in all the dream sequences it's river Mm -hmm. this is where you're you're this is where we take part in river's reality yeah this is river's dream but river's dream is real yeah and it's so amazing um just and again it's quiet there's there's nothing <laughs> the end of this scene is actually my wash has the one line let's get to the beacon if there is anything in this whole movie that i would change it is that line okay it is so terrible that it, uh, it 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 crawls under my skin and it makes me writhe every time i hear it i'm, I'm sorry i have strong feelings about that line <laughs> is is it but, is it just because you think it is just out of place and are you th- <laughs> it's completely out of place it's got like it, it's one of those it's one it's and I, I didn't notice it i'm probably i probably will now every time i watch this but it's it's kind of one of those it's the plot device line like reminding the is. audience what's going on and I, I feel like of all the people who could have set a plot like device like that it should not have been walsh uh, walsh wash like Jane or something, okay, I would buy it. Like I don't know, but just something about Wash saying it 
and like the entire lack of like you have this huge revelation these people that are dead you have this very emotional see, uh scene from river where you you realize like she's starting to like she's still living that nightmare but now mm-hmm. everybody else is in it too as opposed to this is reality right like she's still in the nightmare and then you just let's get to the beacon yeah like now, what <laughs> yeah and i i love the detail on the guy who in the the window who he's not shaven Mm. Um, but it's obvious that he wasn't trying to grow a beard yeah like that you know because the driving home that they just stopped doing stuff yeah and that's and this is actually you know we we talk about you know uniformity uh just kind of how it 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 kills progress if you Mm -hmm. expect everyone to be uniform and and you know I, i i hate to get political but i'm going to uh, you know, we, we talk about the, the politically correct stuff and we, we can't offend anybody. We have to watch what we say. Um, and, and we, you know, let's we have to, to make, what's that? Sorry. Let's get to the beacon. Sorry, go let's ahead. Get to the beacon. Um, but can't, you know, can't, can't offend anybody. Yep. Yeah. We can't offend anybody, but what happens when we can't offend anybody? We can't talk. And, you know, I can have a conversation with you for, for hours probably, and we won't say anything that's just terribly offensive. Mm-hmm. But if we have 10 people talking to each other, 20, 30, at what point does our conversation just become unscalable to where mm-hmm. you can't say anything? Yeah. And that's, um, that's kind of, I think this is a good representation of, we want everyone to, to just be so peaceful, mm-hmm. but whenever we put whenever we put a higher priority, because, you know, the, in the Jewish, uh, you know, Shalom, peace, that's nothing missing and nothing broken. Mm-hmm. When we put a higher priority on, on um, the absence of war and the absence of violence and the absence of conflict than we do mm-hmm. on, on wholeness, yeah. then, or not even violence and war, I mean, you know, we definitely we don't want those things, but, but the absence of conflict, when that becomes a priority and wholeness falls to the wayside because of that, that's when we really start mm-hmm. getting into trouble. Absolutely. And yet it's, it could be one of the most difficult things to, to set boundaries within, within those conversations, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is not about not offending people or not creating conflict. It's about um, creating a space in which conflict is okay. Right. And, and that conflict can be safe. And that's actually, and I, I, yes. I use this example a couple times with my friends, this, uh, but when, when my wife and I first got married, she was, she was, she grew up in a family where you didn't yell, like mm-hmm. it, it did not happen. And so when we first got married, we'd start, if anything got, we got into any kind of tension, she would shut down. And I, I hope mm-hmm. she's okay with me sharing this. I didn't talk to her about this, but she's, she's probably fine. We've talked about this to many of our friends, but. I finally one day just had to tell her, you need to yell at me. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, what did you? I'm like, I don't know what I did, but you're mad. And, and if that's the only thing you can do to tell me what's wrong, you need to yell at me and tell mm-hmm. me if that, it, bec- I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going to hurt you. I, I'm here and I will listen to what you have to say. And, mm-hmm. and so it took, it took some practice and, you know, she's good at it nowadays. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and but because of that, um, you know, that's really 
driven our relationship forward is that we can be very honest with one another. And now I do think, uh, I, I, I did take a note the other day that it was Wash who, who stopped the recording. Mm, mm-hmm. And I, yeah. I think that kind of, I'm sorry, I, I, was, I was pretty much done with that earlier point, but I think with, with <laughs> Wash stopping the recording, I think that kind of shows where he is more of the, that actually is kind of more of the traditionally like uh, caretaker type role. Like he's mm. taking care of everyone else. Like everyone else is yeah. so in shock and he's like, nope, I've got this. And, yeah. and I think that shows a little more depth to his personality than you typically see. And, I, and it is almost out of character for him. But I think, I do think that he does have that depth based on the series. Yeah, and, I think, I think Wash has, has um, he's, got the, he's got the heart in a lot of ways. I mean, I know you can argue between him and, and Kaylee, um, but I think they have different aspects of the center of the heart, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Wash is a husband to a warrior woman who is deferential to a captain, like another man. I mean, in order to have that kind of, like, you got to have a lot of strength as a man, a lot of confidence and security, um, and a lot of heart in order to be in that sort of a position, right? Like, um, and you have to genuinely care about people. And I think that's, I mean, that's one of the reasons I think Wash is probably tops my list, actually, as favorite characters, is that depth that you're talking about, right? Like, mm-hmm. and, 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 it's so, and it's so hidden. Mm-hmm. And I love this shot. I, I, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, the, the haloing. The haloing, the, the he's bathed yep. in light. It's a, it's I a, aim to it's misbehave. A, mm-hmm. yeah. But the, the haloing against the other, the starting a revolution. Yeah. He is, he's bathed in light. It's a baptism scene. Everything. And, and, and slowly as the camera comes, the light's washing everything out. Mm-hmm. But when he blocks the light and, and cuts off that lens flare, he comes into focus. Yeah. And that's when you see now he has something to believe in. Yeah. And now, now is when he's asking people to lay their lives down for it. Mm-hmm. And, and the other thing is it's not a blind faith. Mm, mm-hmm. That's because that's where we talked about with the guy, the, the operative. Yeah. I, I wish they would have given him a name uh, just so we could call <laughs> him by name. But the operative, um, he has a blind faith. He's yeah. doing what his superiors have told him to do. Yeah. And, and you see Mal here is, is bathed in light. He's full of awareness. He's done the research. And, and that's, the, that's one of my big pet peeves is, <laughs> is when we don't study our Bibles and, yeah. and we leave ourselves open. We leave ourselves weak to just walk off a cliff if someone tells us to. And where if we go into it going, no, I, I, I see that there are what might apparently be problems with my faith, but I'm working those things out because I keep going back to it. Well, and, and here, the operative is, is starting to crack. Uh-huh. Right? Like, like that's what, when you're, his faith is now being shaken, and there's a reason for that, right? Because that's if you're not doing the work, if you're not actually learn, like you said, doing the research or or whatever, whether that's whatever you have faith in, if it's not true, you will break, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. and it's not what you what you worship will fa- break, you will break. 
Because what you're worshiping is not, you know, it was never there to be broken in the first place. Yes, and and the fact also that that the operative is confounded by Mal, and that Mal, Mal is getting to him. Yeah, <laughs> Mal is not the guy. He's not the person who should. Who's he's not disciplined enough in mm-hmm. this guy's opinion. He's not good enough to to con, to confound him, which confounds him even even farther. <laughs> well, and I think there was, there was an, uh, when they first interact. I mean, says, you know, let me save you the trouble. You can't make me angry. Right. And now you're getting towards the end of the movie and you're going, wait, I'm getting angry. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, I think that I, that was one of the things, things I found interesting is Chiwetel, the actor who's playing the operative, actually asked specifically to be seen on screen killing Mr. Universe as, as a demonstration of that. Like, you need to see him start unraveling. Yeah. Right. And this is also one of my favorite things is his speech right before Serenity comes through the ion cloud. Yes. And and, and, then, and right before uh, the. Uh, I, I'm trying to remember. I don't think I saw this coming. Oh, no, I, I didn't. And 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 I actually. OK, I actually I did not realize I didn't even understand what happened in this scene until I watched this the second time. <laughs> it's so yeah. chaotic. To target the favors, just start shooting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are you waiting for? Why are you not shooting already? And this, oh, this, like it's almost like a handheld camera. Uh-huh. I mean, I know it's all CG and whatnot, but this entire sequence of them making it down to the planet, just like my heart, even now, is in my throat watching it. Yeah, I don't know if I could have coped with this scene in the theater. Like, oh my it's goodness. so amazing, uh, and and it's so well shot. Like you said, it's the handheld camera. Um, there's a there's a, a those those zoom ins where you like there's something going on, but then they want you to focus on that. And and uh, Joss talks about that in the um in the commentary about how it's kind of like someone who's documenting the stuff on his home video camera. He happened yeah. to be there seeing it. Yeah, and. He he talked about how, like how how impressed he was with his special effects crew when they showed him this, yeah. and it because this isn't this is not like anything I've seen before this movie in no. any other movie. Like I'm not even certain I could say something I've seen something that grasped me this well since. Right. Right. I mean, like I mean, Star Wars has had some impressive uh, scenes, right? I mean, the CGI is much better now, but. It's just not. But well, okay. Even in the space battles that were this good in Star Wars, I would say Rogue One got me pretty good. But mm-hmm. even in even in most of the Star Wars movies where the space battles are this good, I don't care as much about the characters. Exactly. Exactly. And then the the escape pod was just. <laughs> and if you catch, like I, I actually saw it this time, you can you can see the lightning guy swinging. <laughs> Uh, fluorescent light bulbs just right next to his head. <laughs> you catch a oh no, I bulb. missed that. I'm gonna have to <laughs> just. I'll just watch on that the later. Left hand side of the screen, you just see like a couple of swipes. Of the... <laughs> right, I, but... I love stuff like that. It's like that when the stormtrooper bonks his head on the door. <laughs> right, if you're looking in just the right place at just the right time, you know. Um, and the part coming up where they go into the spin, right? Yeah, and. And and who's who's checking everyone's seatbelt? It's Jane. It's Jane. 
of all people. And like he doesn't even question it, you know, like he just Mel tells him to go. Mm-hmm. And he's that's just what he does. Yeah. Right? And, like, and he straps himself in last. Yeah. After getting thrown out around a bunch. Yeah. And and it's just it's you know? one of those things where you're like, OK, at the end of the day, it, he you know, he, he his needs crew. his, well, and it's again, it, well, it's, it's the opposite end. It, it's kind of the counterpart. We talk about, you know, people being there, being there to take care of river. It's, it's the counterpart. He needs people. He needs the crew of serenity to let him know where his boundary should be. Absolutely. It's that part of the family. And, and when, but when he knows, and I've known people and I, I, this, I don't mean this to sound insulting at all. Mm-hmm. I, I've known, I've had a lot, I've, I've grown up with a lot of military people in my family. I've had lots of friends who are in the military and, mm-hmm. and you can say this is the failing of the military you can say, or, or whatever, and, uh, you know, that they're not trained for civilian life or, or what have you. But I've known people that, that if they are not in their uniform taking orders, they're, they'll go out and they'll blow all their money at the bar. They'll drink it all up. They'll, they'll get into trouble, but the moment they put on that uniform, they are a superhero and they are a rock star and they do not make any mistakes. Absolutely. And and I feel like that's kind of Jane's character. Um, when he knows what he's supposed to be doing, he's on it and it will be done perfectly. Mm hmm. Oh, and, and, uh, Uh, it's all, it's still too soon. It's what, it was 2005. This is released. It's 2019. It is still too soon. Yes, and this is why if they okay, so I've heard I've heard people talk about you know getting a Firefly series. Oh yeah, revival. Oh, no. But what are you gonna Actually, do? I, you can't I'm do a leaf it. On the wind. You can't. Oh. <sighs> oh. Okay. I'm sorry. I know. So, That's over. <laughs> yes, and and now would probably be a good time to talk about it because let's remember the good times. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I hate this scene. Um, you you brought this up earlier, and I do want to talk more about this because one of the things I love about Wash and Zoe, mm. positive married romance. Yes. You I never, want to see more of that. <laughs> never see you almost never see it done this well in in television, and it's because it, conflict creates viewability, right? Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. I understand that which is why any couple you ever see on TV will always break up because conflict equals viewability. Without conflict, you don't have a TV show. I get that. Sure. But this is an example of doing it and doing it well. Yes. And I, and I, love, I love the fact that they're, they, they're playful. And you don't see it as much in this. Again, mm-hmm. time restraints. It's a movie. Yep. In, the se- in the yep. series where they... they um, they tease each other. Mm-hmm. They banter back and forth. Yep. Um, they like the scene. The scene in their bunk was one of the most heartwarming things ever in the series. Yes, and then and then like it's so funny because you see it a few times in the series where as soon as they're off duty, they're like, yep. "Let's go spend time." They've been together all day. They've been working all day. But as soon mm-hmm. as they're off duty, it's like, "Hey, let's go spend time with us." Yeah. And. That that's something that's so important for married people is is getting that time, and and that's, and they and they do have conflict. Oh, they right? absolutely I mean, do. Yeah, there's there's a whole episode is, of dedicated to that, right? But they ultimately talk it through, right? Like they mm-hmm. ultimately um, come back together to to deal with it. Pardon me, together, right? And yeah. 
and that is so often what is is missing, right? Is is you try to find other ways to solve it, right? So yeah, and and the fact that that Zoe res- there's some level of respect that Zoe has for Wash that is mm-hmm. so deep, and there's a mm-hmm. and there's a part of him that we did not get to explore enough in the series and in the movie mm-hmm. that has to be there for her to be so devoted to him because the you know the relationship her relationship with Mal is deep. Yeah. It, it's as deep as friends can go. It's completely non-sexual. Yeah. But it is yeah, very much. But but her adopted. and Wash are just yeah. it's a whole nother level and there's something to that 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 you just it's never spoken. It's never spelled out. And of course, you, I mean, I guess if you see any great married couple, you can't spell it out. You can't really quantify it. But I loved that about them. And I, I think that that was one of the things that I really, really loved about this series is, you know, just that, that positive married couple message. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and there's Mr. Universe. Not where we left him. In the arms of his beloved, I guess. Well, I, I, yeah, I, I don't, I know that they're making advancements in that field, but I got to say that does just so weird to me. And yeah, I I don't know. Um, but you know, I do think it's, you know, it's clever, uh, that, you know, he thought to record a message Mm -hmm. and yeah. So it's, but <laughs> again, I I I did not mourn his passing. Right. Well, yeah. Again, um, you didn't need him after he advanced the plot. Right. I mean, essentially, the reason he was there was for the ion cloud, so that they could have the Reaver battle, right? The Reaver Alliance battle, right? Right. It, it, yeah, and to, and to ultimately get you know have his equipment to get the signal out. And, but you know, I'm too. I'm kind of disappointed there wasn't a callback to like to 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 Badger. You know, he oh, was yeah. he was one of the he was actually he was one of my other favorite characters. Yes. Um, yeah. Because the guy who played him, he he had he, that Western uh, oh, yeah. gangster swagger to him that yeah. Is, he he lit and, up the it, scene every time. Gutter swagger. Yes. Right. Like it's it. He played it so well. Well, it, it was it was it was actually it's kind of funny because it's like, yeah, like you said, the the gutter swagger. It's like yeah, like when uh, when River says "sad little king of yeah. a sad little hill." Yeah. <laughs> and oh man. Yeah. So definitely. And then we have this is the room the the room the the line that. Always was just kind of like this is this is such a poor uh, summary of their relationship. It's a funny <laughs> line, but it's such a poor summary. Uh, what we get here of yeah. So, but yeah, uh, and I, and yet that I'm gonna live. Yeah, <laughs> I just that is actually Kiwi. <laughs> really, well, to be fair, yeah. I, I guess when you I guess when we think about the flashback episode when they, when she joined the crew. Mhm. Yeah. But I mean there there's a I, I that was also something I I missed is more interaction between the two of them. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and here's um, why you don't trust your secrets to a love bot. Cuz she'll yeah. just tell anyone who, who comes along. <laughs> yeah, keep Sorry. that in keep that she, in mind. She has yeah. no facial recognition apparently. <laughs> uh, sorry. 
sorry. I, I, <laughs> but I do, uh, I, I do yeah. agree with you though. I wish there would have been more with, with Kaylee and, and Simon that they had developed that out more. Oh, and here's the, uh, they had five scenes of this spinning vortex of death that, for the CGI. <laughs> That's yeah. how much they could afford. <laughs> and so they've got a couple that have been broken up into a couple different, you know, half second, two second, one second things. Oh, they could um, only get five angles on it. Is that what? They could only have five shots. Okay. Five, like three, three or four second shots of this spinning. Vortex of Doom. Okay. Oh, and there's Zoe. Because like, you kind of wonder. I mean, Zoe's a soldier. Mm-hmm. But she just lost the love of her life. Yep. And, and so you start to look at her and you start to say, like, is, when is she going to go? There she went. Yep. She ain't broke. Yeah. Now, I, I, I know I don't want to miss it because we'll probably get to talk about something else. But I love the fact the bandage they put on is just like spray foam. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. a pretty cool little sci-fi effect. And that's actually... That's actually one of the things I do like. We do, I mean, we have spaceships. We have uh, zero gravity. We have spacesuits. We have all this stuff. But we're missing, one of the things I like about this, and it's one of those things, you, it doesn't strike you until you think about it. We're missing so many space odyssey, space opera tropes. Mm. Um, we're missing a lot. I mean, we're not, it's not completely absent, but, but there's not an overabundance of energy weapons. There's no space aliens. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's very interesting when the things that are not there oh, really the allow draw. for the story. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, I just I love the quick draw. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, when we talked over and we missed it when when he said earlier when he's like, and I'm unarmed. He's like, good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shoots. Yeah. Yeah. Mal is not afraid to shoot an unarmed man. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so now we have, of course, the extended fight scene. Yeah. That it, it just, it's just one of those things that just, it keeps getting worse and worse and worse. Um, mm-hmm. And again, the Reavers, I, I wish there was some other, and I realize. Oh, face guy. I realize there's, there's like, they're a huge part of the plot. They're, they're, mm-hmm. they're a huge part of the actual story. Yeah, they are, after all, why River went mad. Yeah, right? but I feel like, uh, well, I mean, in the, in the series, it was because they cut out part of her brain, but, you know, mm. we'll take it for the movie, you know, because. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like they, they could have done something else because the interesting parts of the story don't actually happen around the Reavers. <laughs> like, yeah. It, it, the action involving them. Yeah. I would, I would have well, just almost rather had it. They just find a dead planet, you know? And so I, I don't know, I, but I'm not a script doctor. That's fair. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> no. And I mean, this whole fight scene, I, I mean, I get the point. I do, but yeah. I mean, I find um, the, the battle between the operative and Mal so much more interesting. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, just to see this man, like he's 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 devolving in in your like in front of you, the the, the operative, right? Yep. Like just to see him crumbling in the face of Miles' resolve. Yeah, and there's that, but I I do think that this scene was to parallel the and basically to try to drive you know it, 
there's a mechanic to the scene, which is to get the audience to feel hopeless. Yeah. And, and to think, okay, we're, well, this person's done, this person's done. So who's the only one that's left? It's River. Is she actually going to be able to do it? Yeah. And, and so there, you know, I understand the, the writing on this and, Mm -hmm. and again, it does, it is a little formulaic, um, Mm -hmm. but it's effective. There's a reason it's, (laughs) there's a reason this formula exists. And, and, and again, not, that's not to knock on Joss's uh, no. writing. It's he, he, cause he effectively uses these tools. It, so yeah, I'm, I love it. And then, you know, we have, um, Simon down. Um, I feel like their, their conversation is a little long here given what's going on. Um, but, and I am going to skip Apparently. ahead just so we don't miss it. But when she stands up and the lights come on. Mm hmm. Apparently, Summer Glau was actually having such a difficult time with this scene. Like she was actually bawling. <laughs> I will this. believe it. No, it's an it's an emotional scene, and and it's it's less so with the sound off. Mm-hmm. I'm actually it is because no, and I'm not gonna lie. When I watch the scene, I still get a little yeah, a uh, little emotional. Um, and and so I was kind of worried. Like, am I gonna be able to make it through recording through this scene? <laughs> but you know, with with the sound off, it's not quite so bad. But I mean. This is one of those things where it's like, you know, family takes care of each other mm-hmm. and, uh, or they should, uh, yeah. you know, ideally family takes care of each other. And that's, that's, that's something that resonates deeply with all of us. But mm-hmm. here again, you have the, Oof. she's, she's clear headed. She, she knows what she needs to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and just completely <laughs> just goes out just, there and. Yeah. Yeah. It takes care of business. And then there's, this is the scene also again, where you think there's, you know, she's going to be, you know, torn apart yeah. by the Reavers. And then, you know, Absolutely. later we find out that just didn't happen. Um, yeah. So, you know, and I don't know. I, I don't know if I would have liked it had she died too. Cause it's like, we've already lost two really good yeah. characters. Yeah. And so, yeah. When, oh. But when, 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 yeah, and, and there's the metaphor right there. The sword <laughs> and the screwdriver. <laughs> yeah. And, and the, but the, the screwdriver is functional, the same as the sword. Mm-hmm. Well, it, yeah, it does prove to be. And, uh, <laughs> but no, I, I do. I, I think this, this fight scene is actually, it again, it's very well done. Mm-hmm. And. This is again the second time we see Mal get stabbed with a sword. Yep. Um, not in the movie, you know, in the series. First time in the series. Yep. <laughs> Such a funny episode. Which uh, in the they actually made sure he had all of his scars in that shirtless uh, scene earlier, where he's talking to Anara. He's he's got the 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 um the knife scar from was it claw uh-huh. or something. He's got the sword scars from the from the Atherton the wing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I love I love the I love the the scene at the ball where Haley's Kaylee's like, "What's that?" He's like, "That's the buffet bar." How can we be sure unless we question it? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. and then again, oh. you have you know Mal who's been through the chaos and it's it's roughed him up. He's taken out and and this guy's just you know he's so methodical and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden his method fails and. I think, I think, you know, now for one, you get elbowed in the throat like that. You're, you're having a bad day. 
Yeah. But I do think there's just kind of a, 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 a level of just mental shock where he's just like, I can't even. Yeah. This thing that works every I, time. I can't believe I work. failed. Yeah. Yeah. And what is going on? And I mean, I think despite the fact that, I mean, like he's, you know, struggling to breathe, you also see the shock in his face. Mm hmm. Right. Like the what is going like this is this is not how this was supposed to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Every other time I, I you know, I, I do my little kung fu uh, nerve disable Xena warrior princess style disabling thing and and it works. But it, yeah, this time. it Yeah. Well, and I think that's that's the other thing about um, somebody with that kind of faith in the wrong thing. Right. You believe you are right. You can't possibly lose. Right. And, and we could even go as far as to say, even, you know, is that maybe a redemption thing there where it's mm -hmm. like, you know, this is a wound that Mal had that actually saved his life. Ooh. You know, um, later on, was it, you know, <laughs> was intended for evil, but later, you know, kept wow. him from, it saved the universe. Yeah. Or, or at least that uh, solar system. <laughs> so. Yeah. Okay, that's the shot that takes me out of the whole film. That yeah. shot there, the guy, he looks a little too uh, Frankenstein's monster. To, mm -hmm. but although I I love the movement in this and fight scene, mm -hmm. like I, like you said, aside from that one shot, which I appreciate, they're trying to bring you back into to where she's at, but the grace, like that she moves with is just, to me, I find stunning to watch. Which, yeah. I'm not much of a fight scene kind of girl, but that, you know? Yeah, and, and I do think, I think when we, uh, after they, they, they rip out the wall and you see River is, is covered in blood. And I think that that shot there is kind of another, uh, kind of another baptism scene. Yeah. Um, where she has been... She's been carrying this around with her. Um, then she finally is able to to have it concretely, concretely uh, examined by other people. She's able to to relive it, and then she's actually able to combat some of that evil. And so mm -hmm. I think this is what you see here is is the rebirth of of a uh, River Tam. I almost called her River Song. That's the <laughs> that's a that's a different river. Different river, yeah. <laughs> Um, and which, and I love that shot, of course, too. But I mean, I think that, I mean, that's true of anything. I mean, um, you know, I mean, we, we all have scars, we all have our, our damage and you can act and react based on that. And if you never, if you never are able to look at that and examine, you know, the, the, the problem or the lie you believe, or, you know, if you, if you don't, if you aren't able to look at it in the face accept it and then you know i mean um of course we're, we're christians so i mean i believe having having the truth of, of of jesus come into your life and and shine a light on what's actually going on shining that light is so important in order to face the problems and move on you can't do that without looking them in the eye without examining them in the light um of day right yeah and I mean, like, that's that's very much exactly what Rivers had gone. She's had this thing worming around in the back of her head. She hasn't been able to examine it in the light of day, and it is causing 
problems, for lack of a, of a better word. <laughs> the, the understatement. <laughs> right? But, you know, and I mean, yeah. Yeah, and, and there's a, I just, I love the fact that uh, when Mal, and this is, I, we kind of missed this part too, there's a, when the, the guy asked what the operative asked what he's doing, he's like, and Mal's like, I'm going to show you a world without sin. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that we can also take out, this is what happens when we try to remove, when we try to atone for our own sins, when we mm-hmm. try to use government, when we try to use, uh, and, and I, I always have to say this part with the caveat, when we try to rely on psychologizing sin. Now, there, mm. I, I, will, I will 100% say there are psychological issues that people need to deal with in their lives at times. Yes. I, I will not discount that. I'm not one of those people, oh, psychiatrists are bad. But when we try to uh, medicate ourselves out of sin, when we try mm. to uh, legislate ourselves out of sin, when we try to, all those things, we will fail. Mm-hmm. And, and here, the, you know, we failed spectacularly. In, in here, they failed spectacularly. Um, the government did is what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the scene that's on. I just, I was looking away and I just looked back down and I'm like, oh, <laughs> here we are. Um, but they're finally getting to have the sex. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I don't know why River would want to watch. I don't know why she's, no. I, that, that always kind of bothered me. But, but I love the fact that, you know, they took the time, they put the ship back together mm-hmm. um, and they're getting ready to go. Now I will say, I don't know if I would want to get back on the same ship after it had been through all of that. Yeah. Um, That's fair. You know, after, after a car has been wrecked, I generally don't like to drive in them, but you know, I guess, I guess they've got better technology for, for putting ships back together. I would think so probably. And they're getting the Alliance's help. I believe like he, he's paying for them. He's giving them the, uh, the operative that is right. So. Yeah. Yeah, and they're, I, yeah, I think, the, I don't know that the operative is supposed to be helping him. Um, the, the conversation's a no. little ambiguous. And, well, and I, it, the line was, you know, I think they know I'm no longer their man. Right. You know, so, cause I, it, yeah. I mean, and this scene is really interesting to me. I mean, generally speaking, at the end of, of, a, of an action movie where you actually are able to have a conversation between the villain and, and the hero, which I mean, often the the villain is dead, really. Sure. Um, but usually there's a lot more more of a speech, right, on the hero's part, which and it and it used to sort of leave me feeling like unresolved watching this final scene between the two of them, just sort of like, well, well, what, you know, like aren't you, aren't you going to tell him how to go on? And I sort of realized, like, that's just not, that's not possible, right? Like, once your world is destroyed, there's no speech that will get you through. Right. And, and now I will say that is one of the things, that is kind of one of the hallmarks of this, is the, the dialogue oftentimes is underplayed mm-hmm. in, this whole, in the whole series, the whole movie. And, that's, and to me, it's kind of like, you know, I, I, I'm a musician, I play guitar and bass, but one of the things that, that I got drilled into me early, early on was, Learn when not to play. Yeah. Because if you're just playing everything you know all the time, and also, real quick, the dinosaurs are back on the console. Yes. I love that they put the dinosaurs back on the console um, after they fixed up the ship, even though Wash isn't there. But um, they shouldn't be anywhere else. That's right. And so the, uh, 
but yeah, that's that's one of the things that they do really well in this is they they know when to let the actors when to let the silence carry the message. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I love this I love this little talk between Mal and River mm-hmm. and where he says, um, you you know what I'm about to say. And she's like, Of course I do. But I want to hear yeah. you say it anyway. Yeah. Uh, or, uh, yeah, or I like to right hear you say it. Uh, yeah. It's, it's a great, great little moment between the two of them. And, and I do see where, you know, we could, we could take the story farther um, in another series or another movie, mm-hmm. but man, it'd be so hard to do it without Wash. Oh yeah. And, and book. Oh, it, it, I could, I could see it. I could see it going without book before I could see it going without Wash. Yeah. Um, because, um, and partly I think I would just really, again, I'd miss that really, that positive marriage role model, um, that that, that you don't Mm -hmm. see. Um, and then of course they drive through the storm, um, drive through, fly through the storm. (laughs) Yeah. And just another one of those great, uh, going from the majestic, uh, to the silly, Mm -hmm. um, here. As as the movie ends the way it started. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's it, it ends the opposite. They're they're leaving the atmosphere and something falls off. But uh, well, yeah. it's literally the exact same line, right? Like the first line of the movie is, "What was that?" Yeah, yeah. Well, sorry, of of the fight of the firefly cruise portion, right? Of of it, but yeah. yeah. So so there it is. It's uh, and now I did double check last night, and I don't know if if you have you said you have a special edition. It doesn't have anything after the credits, does it? No, because I checked the other night when I watched or last night when I watched this. And I was like, well, I guess that, that was that kind of that was kind of hit and miss back in two thousand five whether or not that happened. It's getting more common now. Yeah, no, no they, yeah, there there ends the. I mean, the hopes and dreams that were hung around this movie's neck by millions of people mm-hmm. who had seen and loved Firefly, like. I mean, I, I I know you saw you saw the series probably just before the movie, right? Like you hadn't. Um, uh, yeah, but, well, I had I, yeah, I had not seen the the movie, but I I basically it, the movie was not in theaters when I saw it. Oh, and so it was already out. So it was already out, and I had a ah, okay. friend who was like, "No, you." He asked if I had seen it, mm-hmm. and I said I told him no, and he's like, "Well, have you seen Firefly?" And he was just shocked. <laughs> and so no, because we're both we we're both really into sci-fi. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that's why he was so shocked. And, and then he's like, well, you can't see serenity until you see this. And so, <laughs> so I, I, I went and I actually, I bought it. Uh, I, he showed me two episodes at his house and then I went and mm-hmm. bought it. Cause I was, I was actually staying with him out of town. Okay. Um, and then I watched two episodes while I was staying at his place and I got back home and I bought the series. Yeah. And then I bought serenity after I was done with the series. <laughs> yeah. Because like, let me tell you. Getting this on like the series on DVD and discovering that there, that's all there was. Mm-hmm. That is all there was, and you're just you just you just can't comprehend how this is all there was. You just it just doesn't make any sense. What do you mean this is all there is? That this can't be all there is, right? And then years later, two years later, <laughs> there's gonna be a movie. Yeah, and like, what and do that you was, mean? There's gonna be a movie, and that was unheard of. It was, it was, it was one of the first it, ones to do it. 
Yeah. I mean, like you're getting all these reboots now, like Netflix is rebooting all these shows and, and that's great. Right. Like, but like Serenity broke the ground for that. Absolutely. Because, because studios are are figuring out, oh, the people actually kind of know some of the stuff that they want. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But I mean, at this point, I do not believe that there will be any more Firefly ever. Uh, not on the screen. I like, like you said, there's there's some comics out there. Comics, that have, maybe, yeah. But, but I I don't think we're gonna see any more of it on the screen. And if if we do, I don't think it's gonna. I, I don't think it's gonna be as comp- as compelling as no. the first two because I feel like we there's there's not gonna be as much of a mystery to element to the series, for one. And I mean, like, what at this point, like those those actors aren't coming back, right? right. Like. It's been like the series ran uh, 2002 to t- 2003. Uh, the movie was released 2005, right? Like we're. Yeah, it's what, 14 <laughs> years later? Yeah. It, and now yeah. I will say, I, I could see Nathan Fillion coming back. And, and, I, and I only say that because I just want to believe the best about him because he, <laughs> he cracks me up uh, and he, he seems like a genuinely, like just kind person who cares about his, his work and, and, you know, it, that, that, and Canadian. Oh, is he? I didn't realize that. No. He is Canadian. Yep. So is Jewel State. Um, but I mean, like five years ago, even maybe had somebody pitched. A, a, we we might have gotten them back, but at this point, like most of them have gone on record as saying, "Like, sorry, guys." Yeah. It, well, it's done. But I, I get I mean, that. Even a, even a reboot, like fresh cast, same universe, wouldn't have the same. No, because I think I think they've already given away too many of the plot elements. Yeah. Um. To to really unless unless they're gonna go, I don't know. I I can't even begin to to think of where to go because it to me it was such overall it was such a good story. Hmm. But yes. Yeah, yeah. So so there's there's Serenity. Um. I almost I was I was almost reluctant to do this because there is so much and 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 I I have a couple. Uh, more paragraphs of show notes that I didn't even get to. Um, <laughs> but I always, I always come a little overprepared on my show notes uh, That's fair. because, you know, it's, it, you know, it's a long time to, to talk. It went about 200, two hours of unscripted. So, um, yeah. but thank you so I, much. I, I for... think I only had a point or two that wasn't covered. So and we're good. We're fine. We're good. Yeah. I, I tend to, to abandon my show notes typically, typically about halfway through, but mm. <laughs> But no, I think it was great. Um, so yeah, Naomi, yeah, thank you so much for joining me. Um, so again, yeah. um, and what's the name of you know? In case there's anyone in your area who happens to hear this, what's the name of the the church that you're with? Um, we are at the Hearth. Um, we are affiliated with Geekdom House. So if anybody's heard that, um, Geekdom House at this point won't be coming back around but we are now the hearth church of winnipeg we've got some gamers guild we've got lincoln tatum we've got geekdom house live nights um where we find god in geek and nerd nerdy stuff sci-fi um yeah i i also throw a hit out there for scandalous which is mm-hmm. your sister's book who um i'm a moderator for the the scandalous women's group that we have online on facebook so um, if there's any ladies out there who would like to have some real talk and um, a great community of women, um, come on, check us out on Facebook. Yes, and 
And the sister she mentioned, that's the Emily I've been referring to all through the through the show <laughs> for anyone who has is not a regular listener. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that's who that is. Uh, yes. Uh, scandalous. It's uh, based on her book. Scandalous. Good things. Christian uh, things. No, things. Good Christian girls don't talk about probably should. Yeah. Um, you can find that at Facebook.com slash scandalous. Um, and then when the hearth, uh, you said they don't have their, um, their website up when they do, we'll get that on the show notes for anyone who's interested in, in joining up there. And yeah, absolutely. And so we want to thank everyone for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed it. Um, let me uh, let you know where you can find us online in case you want to be part of the conversation and find uh, future information on us. Uh, you can find uh, the commentarians at facebook.com at commentarians, Twitter at comments at the comments. Oh, I'm sorry. Facebook.com slash The Commentarians, uh, Twitter at The Comments Pod, and Instagram at Commentarians Pod, or you can find it all at RavenCreeksc.com, uh, their Raven Creek Social Club production, uh, where you can find links to all that stuff, as well as uh, show notes for this show and any of the links to things that we might have mentioned. Um, but yeah, feel free to hit us up, be part of the conversation. If you have a movie you want to uh, hear or have us talk over, um, hit us up. We'll be glad to hear about it. So thanks for joining us. Bye. Have a great time. Bye. You've been listening to the Commentarians Podcast, a Raven Creek Social Club production. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review on iTunes. If you'd like to support our show, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash thecommentarians. Thank you for listening, and until next time, remember, movies are a reflection of our lives and of other people's lives, and we get to experience them together. Come back to the movies with us. We love sharing them with you.